Our kids who are traumatized, who feel like nothing, are the most vulnerable population in the world. There, they could be. I'll, I'll just talk about a story of one of the earliest families that came to me. They were wealthy. They were prestigious. Their daughter was five foot eight, which to me is very tall. Except, you know, for the people on the video, you walked in, you told me you seem much bigger on the taller on the videos. So if people on videos think I'm like six foot seven, but no, really, for me, five foot eight is like what? And she was beautiful. She was beautiful, money. So she was struggling, fine. And she was off to Derek, okay. And she had a boyfriend, okay. Terrible, right? But then the parents met the boyfriend. And he was short, fat, pimply. He had a stutter. And he was broke. See, here you have a, a, a Mercedes level, or what's the, what's a new, what's a new word? A Bentley, right? And, and like, it's like, it's pastnish. Like, even if you want, at least get like a, a rich, you know, tall, handsome, but a guy who, who, like, like, because she had an exterior, but she had no interior. Because her self-esteem was in the garbage. So if anybody, even pimple face, would say to her anything nice, even though it took him a long time to get the words out. Right? I mean, she felt comfortable with him. Our kids feel more comfortable with the homeless people than with us. True? Can I get an amen? <laughs> And that's tomorrow, right? So they feel they don't feel comfortable around us. And you look at them, you're like, "Why? You're smart, you're beautiful, you're wonderful, you're everything," but inside they feel empty, shame, brokenness from whatever that whatever it is that broke them. So they're very they're really really vulnerable. They will go on a on a dating app, and they won't even find a normal stable person. They'll go to a guy who doesn't have a face, who uses like a, a no face. And the guy, any, any normal person worth a little bit of self-esteem is going to be like, I, you need to have a face. You know, and the guy will be like, oh, I'm in your neighborhood. Come, let's meet. Let's go at one o'clock in the morning behind the store that's closed and let's meet there. And, and they'll be like, okay, I'm going because somebody wants me. It's called broken self-esteem. They'll settle for anybody and anything. Now, we see this happening, and in addition to the pain that we don't want them to have those kind of relationships, and that blah, 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 but then we see this like, what? You could do so much better. You could do so much better. By the way, I have a good shidduch going on right here. Your daughter and their son. Meet the machatanim. Shadchanas for TP, okay? You'll see. You'll see. That's a good shidduch. The boat, you, that's a good shidduch. You can break a plate. You break a plate, you'll tell them, we became chassidish, it's a b'show. This is who you're marrying. Have a nice day. Okay, but they're very compatible. Show them a picture. It's a match made in somewhere. I don't know. But but for her to be with this guy who, who mistreats her. Oh, she mistreats him too. So it's, it's broken people. What can you do? It's the same answer. When you boost and rebuild the nefesh adam. You're, re, you're doing surgery with every compliment, with every gift bomb, with every trip. You look at them two years later, three years later, they feel, I have value. So then they don't fall for this. 
Short term, nothing you can do except every minute, like she said, every minute you're you're out with her. And again, it's not a tug of war. You're not going to be like, oh, you're going out with him. Wait, I have a better idea. <laughs> uh, where is he taking you? Oh, we'll take you to a double. You know, no, we're not in a tug of war. But if you could plan trips, and even in the beginning, if the only way she'll go with you is with him, it gets you in the door. And even if you send them together, and if you have a shyly ask your rav, I'm, not, I'm talking about how to save people and. Halacha questions we ask Rabbanim. But even sometimes they'd rather go. Go. You did that. You sent her with her boyfriend. I don't want to say names on the mic. For a year? They used to go go every few months and they would pay for them to go on vacation together. She felt healthier. She realized, I I can do better or whatever it is. She's healthier self-esteem. And now I'm going to say the story of all stories. It's a true story. All my stories are true. And she's here to verify it. And I love saying it as many times as we say it. We have to understand that you're all doing this. Her daughter, who's very good looking, has a friend. And that friend, who was how old? At that time, was seven, was underage. Under 18. Had what's called a sugar daddy. He was about 50. And this is illegal as well. And this sugar daddy would go ahead and do whatever they're supposed to do. You can Google it if you don't know what it is. But it included was that he used to take this 17-year-old on trips, correct? Gave her an unlimited credit card, buy whatever you want, spend thousands and thousands of dollars. And that was their relationship. And this sugar daddy, I think he was he was over 50. 50 we should really call him Sugar Zadie. He says, Eddie, so grandpa, dirty old man, is, is met, he went ahead and he met her daughter. So he tells the, his sugar girly, I don't know what it's called, tell your friend, right? And that's how, that's how much of a self-esteem that, that, that she had. Cause you can't tell that to a healthy person. Tell your friend, I want her to join us. And tell her the benefits. I'll give her an open credit card. On her name, any trip, any hotel, unlimited. That's how much you, I want your friend. Very nice thing to say to your girlfriend. Okay, so she offered it to her, and she said, "Tell him I don't need him. I have parents who give me everything I need." Wow. Right here, <laughs> and I can vouch that they're not. Okay, wow. so- now, right, so. You, when you rebuild the self-esteem from the from the inside, they feel I have a shavis. I don't want that kind of relationship. I have parents now. They don't have an unlimited credit card. They couldn't give one hundredth of what this guy was offering. Doesn't matter. You're competing. Every one of you is competing, even with the boys. You're competing with bad friends and with other guys who are going to be bad influences. And every minute that you're smiling at them and that you're giving them and you're making their nefesh feel good, you're massaging their nefesh adam, massaging their nefesh, massaging their emotional health. And eventually, they say, I like these people. I enjoy being home. That's my safe zone. So we take them from Nebuch, the hundreds or thousands of kids out there, that home is hell, and I feel emotionally homeless, and we make home the homiest place on earth. You're turning your home into home, sweet home. And that's why you have to move. And that's why sometimes you have to move. 
And that's why when the people who have moved have found that their kids stay home more, they have a fresh start, you can't stay in the neighborhood where the trauma happened to them, certainly not if it happened in the house, or even if they slept in that house after the trauma happened, you have to move. You can't go outside and expect the kids to have armor that they don't realize that people are talking about them. You move to a new neighborhood, out of the Jewish neighborhood, if you need to walk to shul, we have parents who walk 20 minutes walk from shul out of the Jewish neighborhood. And if you have other kids, you can go closer. You work it out. But moving is definitely a part of it. The way to win whatever it is that they're battling, whether it's drugs, whether it's suicidal thoughts, whether it's bad friends, whether it's violence, whatever it is, is you guys building their self-esteem. And the way to do that is with over showering showering them, overpowering them. I don't like saying overdosing, but that's what they said before, right? Overdose on TP so they don't overdose, God forbid, on drugs. And we look for every way to do it. And that's what's amazing about this group, and that's why on the chats, what can I do? My kid's coming home and any ideas, and you'll see people will give you ideas. Look what just happened. There's tickets on sale. Go. There's flights on sale. Go. There's There's gifts on sale. Go. And if it's not a sale, go anyway. And do everything we can within our power, and the rest we say, Hashem, we have done our hishtadlus. Please, that's all Hashem wants from us, hishtadlus. We're doing our hishtadlus. We go to sleep at night calm. Hashem, she's in your hands. He's in your hands. Please, you do the rest. We're doing hishtadlus. We're asking Hashem, just like just like for finances. You can't just rely on Hashem and not do your, your hishtadlus. That's the way of the world. But if you think you're you're making money, it's because of your ashtadlus. No, it's Hashem. But He wants us to do our our job. You're doing your job. You guys are those parents that I always think of when I daven. Like you, Hashem should be a TP parent and, and give us undeserved love and unconditional love and shower us with, with undeserved stuff. That, and that's what we all ask for. You look at all the tefillahs, that's what we're asking for. Anu Va'ata We don't even, we don't even like say, and I'm so sorry, and it's like, we're full of sin and you're full of mercy. And when you do that, you're walking in the footsteps of Hashem. It's a mitzvah, as I say in the Torah, like matzah, right? You know the story I always say? They asked the Chazanish. He said that voting in Eretz Yisrael is a mitzvah. So they said, a mitzvah? Like matzah? He said, no, like marah. This is a mitzvah, as I say, like matzah? No, like marah. Sorry that you're in this situation. But but for those of you who are zaychet to get over the hump, it's fun. Don't look at the exterior. Don't look at anything. Just have fun with your kip. Take care of the skips. Make it everybody on board. Get your aunts, the aunts and uncles and everybody and just love each other. That's the whole thing. Like you said, I'm giving you permission to love your child. But what about the bad behavior? Temporary. Temporary. If it's part of the whole thing that we're doing, the bad behavior changes. And all of a sudden, you look a year later, you look two years later, you look three years later, you see they mature out of it, and they're just thinking differently. They're thinking more normal. Where do they get the normal thinking from? Because they're with us more than being on the street. You have to give more compliments to them than they're going to get on the street. Whether they think that the boy is cool, or they think the girl is... Cool. The opposite of cool... You have to give more compliments. You can't say the same words. It doesn't need to be. It has to be real. Real ahava. There was never supposed to be a barrier between you and your kids. That's why we bombed that wall away. 
We make them feel safest among us. We are never going to judge you. And there are consequences to that. You will hear when they open up to you, you will hear stuff you never wanted to hear. You'll see stuff you never wanted to see. It's very hard being a TP parent because you're in it with them no matter what. And that's what you're going to say. You're going to say, I have no idea how to deal with this. I have no idea what to do. But you're not alone and you never will be alone. I'm never going to abandon you. And that's the medicine for trauma. The medicine for trauma is you're never going to be alone. So when they're in the worst situation and you think you're dealing with that situation, you're not. You're healing childhood trauma. You're saying... We are never going to abandon you. We don't look down on you, no matter what you share. There was a boy in Home Sweet Home that was, he was doing okay, but not as good as everybody else. And I couldn't figure out why. And finally, after about six months, he opened up to me. He said, everybody's being nice to me. Everybody's taking me out. It feels good. And he was growing, even with the, but it was like driving with the emergency brake on. What was the emergency brake? The emergency break was that he felt like if they knew the real me, they would never be able to be so nice to me. If they knew what I did, they never would be nice to me. They're nice to me they, even though I'm off the derech. They're nice to me even though I have a history and whatever. But if they knew what's going on in my head, they would never be nice to me. So after a lot of work, I said, why don't you tell me what it is? can't. Shame, embarrassment, shame, and feeling, okay, you're going to, I can't lose you, Avi, because you're the boss over here at Home Sweet Home, and you'll throw me out, or you'll reject me. It's a dangerous game, right? Telling one person who's 20 years older than me, and, and it's scary, right? He went ahead and he told me. I said, it doesn't change a thing. Watch me. That was it for the night. And I continued to shower him with love and attention and affection and fun and all of that. And he saw I was able to handle it. I was able to handle his sins of the past, which was only a result of childhood trauma and abuse. And then he started to heal. So as long as they have to dress up for you, you can't heal the childhood trauma. That's the mistake. At your Shabbos table is through a yarmulke. You're not healing childhood trauma. She has to be tzniyas when she comes to the thing, you're not healing childhood trauma. That besides for the fact that it's it's a stupid idea, but the whole world has it, so i got to go easy, i got to explain. Besides the fact that they just don't come to the Shabbos table, and like we had a parent here who said, he told his son, if you come to the Shabbos table, you have to dress normally. He thought he had two choices. He's either going to come to the Shabbos table dressed not normal in his underwear, or he's going to come to the Shabbos table dressed normally. Turns out, those weren't the two choices. The two choices was he comes in his underwear or he doesn't come at all. So thank you very much. For two years, the kid never came up to the Shabbos table. He waited till everyone was done, and he went in like a rat into the fridge, and he had his, his, took his food or whatever. You just lost thousands of minutes of opportunities of smiling at him and let him enjoy and know what a Shabbos table is and feel a part of the family. And the fact that he's in his underwear, isn't it obvious? He wasn't in his underwear two years ago. He knew you trained him well. All your other kids know to get put their pants on and get dressed. He forgot. He doesn't need a lesson. Someone already taught him a terrible lesson. And he feels like nothing. And he doesn't have the strength. That's why they ask. I wish I had cancer. Nobody would tell me, why are you coming like that? Why are you doing this? That's why in, in the manual, why, where, what, when, out. We don't say it. We don't comment. We heal. So when they come in and, and you challenge them, first of all, you marachik them. For no reason, because 
I'm not going to get into the whole thing now, but what are you, psychotic? Like, oh, we just feel better looking around the table and we see everyone's wearing yarmulke. It's Ki'ilu, you're from, so that makes us feel good. You're psychotic. This kid is not from. He's eating a ham, he's eating a ham sandwich, a cheeseburger, and you feel better when he wears the yarmulke? Respect. Respect for the table. Respect for, first of all, I've been doing this a long time. Do you realize? I've never found any makar that says that. It's a totally made up concept. It comes from the Gayim. Well, if you would go to a restaurant, a restaurant has rules. A restaurant, you have a choice whether you want to go or not go. And if they're not up to those rules, they'll choose not to go. Over here, we don't have a choice. We want them there. And here is the bigger bigger knockout punch. A restaurant is not home. If you make them have rules at home, they're homeless. They're resentful. And I don't want them to wear a yarmulke if it's hurting their head. You don't want them to be something if that's not what they are, because they'll never heal. We get the yarmulke on. You don't want your kid to wear a yarmulke. You want them to want to wear a yarmulke, and you can't get that with force. You can't say, well, you got to because Bobby's going to have a heart attack and Zaydi and all of that. You want, it's it's total kira vlavavais to save them so they want to be like you. And now you're hurting them in the name of this thing. You're pushing more. It's more of Aris on your head. As Reb Gershon said, if you don't do covet v'yedidus, the parents are over because more averis, you're causing them to stumble and you're causing more pain and you're causing more friction. You're making me dress up. Imagine if you're a guy like me and I don't wear a hat at the Shabbos table. There it is. I said it. That's my biggest sin and I don't wear I shouldn't tell anybody. And imagine that I, 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 I go somewhere and the guy says, at our Shabbos table, everybody wears a hat. Please wear a hat. So I really wouldn't want to go. First of all, it's uncomfortable for me. And second of all, you don't want me there? You want me dressed as somebody else? I got a better idea. I'll find you somebody. I'll send them to you. And invite him. And all the compliments, I like you, I like you, I like you, is meaningless to me because you only like me if I dress up like the guest that you wish that you had. That's how the child feels. All the compliments that you're giving me, only when I'm dressed as or only when I'm doing, behaving, and getting up in the morning, whatever it is, that's not really me. It's not, it's not addressed to me. It's addressed to the person dressed up as the person that you wish I was. And you might as well say it. Chani, you're not the child that we want. But if you would dress up in this nice Pesiakov uniform and sit at the table, and we could for a few moments imagine that you were the girl that we wish that you were, we would really appreciate it. It would really make our day. The fact that you're going through hell and you want to kill yourself, we really can't help with that. But we would like to enjoy our Shabbos meal, and we enjoy it better if you could just put on this nice little uniform. That's how they feel when you put on rules on them. It's not makarev. It doesn't do anything to heal them. But the bigger picture is that when I accept you as you are, I, I accept, like you said, they're on their journey. A nebuch, they can't dress properly now. That means I have work to do. Because when you heal them, they change. And all of a sudden, those same kids, everybody can give aidus who does this more than a couple of years, they start acting more normal. They start acting more respectful. They put on a yarmulke, even when they're not from and you say, sweetie, you're so sweet, but it's okay, we don't need that. Just be you. And they're like, no, no, I want to, it's respectful. Good. When they want to do it out of respect, not that you're, they don't want to do it and you're teaching them respect and forcing them. You want food? You got to put on tzitzis. <laughs> tzitzis, you got food. No tzitzis, no food. That doesn't work. They get healthier and then they say, and then you say, no, you don't have to. I don't want, I want you to be comfortable. This has to be the most comfortable place in the world for them. And then even if they want to, you say, you're so sweet, but it's not for me. No, no, I, I want to. Good for you. 
You want to be, you feel, that's fine. It doesn't do me anything. Let's say one more story. I met a home sweet homeboy. And I saw on a picture on Facebook that he took over his yarmulke. He's going through a terrible, terrible time. He's already from, and now he's falling back. Well, I went through a terrible trauma. I can't even, I can't even talk about it. And he came to meet me. He was sitting in that chair. After an hour and a half of a beautiful meeting, very emotional meeting, I told him, you know, I'm upset at you. I want to be honest with you. I'm upset at you. What? what? I said, in the picture you sent me, I saw you were not wearing yarmulke. And now you came to see me and you put on a yarmulke. So he looks at me, he says, out of respect. I said, I'm so insulted. You think I need you to dress up for me? You think that I need you to dress up for me to like you? I like the real you. Please take off your yarmulke. He stood up and an ocean of tears, an ocean of tears just released, just released. He hugged me. He wouldn't let go. He said, Avi, I love you. He just wants real Ahava. You have to put something on in order. Can you, would any of you go to a shul where they told you, you're not good enough? You have to, you have to wear a strimal and then I'll like you. It's ridiculous. Real love. I don't care. Like Rabbi Shimon Schneebach from Eretz Yisrael said, he told his son Chesky. He said it openly. He's so open about it. Chesky was married. Rebbe Sha'inikel was married and he went off the derech and he said, I loved you when you were born and you were not wearing a yarmulke and tzitzis and you were not putting on tefillin. I love you the same today. That kid is not homeless. That kid is not an orphan. The other ones out there, the parents don't say that. They might as well say Kaddish. They feel like you're killing my... I'm homeless. I don't have parents. I don't have parents. I don't have a mommy. I don't have a daddy. They wish I was never born. They sing the song, Al Hanar Hazah and you know what that does? The pain even to a healthy child, but the pain on top of being, make sure you go there, the pain of not only he's not healthy, he has a hole inside and went through child abuse and trauma. And to that sick kid who already feels like a nothing, you take away the love of parents. It is cruel. It's unhelpful and it doesn't work. So what you parents are doing, Shem should help, but should work fast. The way that you get rid of that boyfriend is you shower her with so much love and fun on any terms that she'll take so she will become healthier and she'll want a healthier boyfriend. That's the trick for all of these problems. And those who have done it, you have to do it. You have to really be in it. And then you'll see Be'ezus Hashem. Hashem should shower us with blessing and it should work faster. I always say, Hashem, I know, I know you can do it. I know you're going to do it. But please, we're sitting here holding our breaths. Please, a little faster, please. Okay? We really need the Yeshua's to come in quicker.